I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF March 25th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Sad day, Jay. You know why? I don't. I thought it was a pretty good day. Well, no, no. That's what you think, but you did not read the news that the founder of the GIF, and I hate saying that, I actually think it's GIF. He says otherwise, and I guess he invented it, so he has the right to, but Stephen Wilhite, he died yesterday. He was 74, and so it's sad. You know, I'm a big GIF. I'm going to call it GIF. I'm a big GIF. It surprises me most that he was 74 and invented the GIF or GIF, depending on how you say it. Do you have a favorite GIF GIF? I do. Well, actually, first of all, one interesting fact that I have for the Peak Pals is that there were 10, there were 10 billion GIFs shared every day through the website Giphy. And so it's truly a ubiquitous part of our communication. My favorite GIF is there's one of a press conference by the U.S. Army and they say, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. And I like that one. I like Michael Scott when he's talking to Toby until he realizes Toby's coming back. No, 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 no. Me and my little guy who's eight-year-old both like that because it comes up, I guess, on his YouTube channel all the time. So I like it. I'm a big Giffy Jiffy fan. And so Stephen Wilhite, we'll miss you. Brett, aside from how to pronounce GIF or GIF, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, more oil and gas. For our second story, buying Chelsea. And for our third story, higher interest rates. For our first story, Canada's Natural Resources Minister, Jonathan Wilkinson, announced yesterday that Canada could increase its oil and gas exports by up to 300,000 barrels per day to help our European allies replace Russian oil and gas. Brett, we're talking about this nearly every day, and it almost always includes something about the International Energy Agency. What's going on with energy nerds today? It's, it's crazy. I never heard about this thing until the past few weeks, then it's just in our face every day. On the second day of the International Energy Agency's meeting of climate ministers in Paris, Wilkinson pitched Canada as a way to help the EU with its energy crisis. While Wilkinson says the government consulted various Canadian energy firms before announcing the move, details about exactly how production will be ramped up are still murky. Both our liquids and natural gas systems are near capacity. That was said by Calgary-based Enbridge in a press statement, but they're also exploring options that may be taken to provide more energy throughout North America and Europe. Brett, here's why it matters. Just a few weeks ago, Environment Minister Stephen Gilbeau said Canada was actually not the answer to Europe's energy shortage and that the only solution would be to, quote, quickly deploy renewables and clean tech, end quote. Now, Wilkinson's announcement appears to signal a shift, well, directly away from that position. At the same time, the IEA has forecasted that sanctions and the war in Ukraine will take 2.5 million barrels of oil per day off the market starting in April, so our added contribution will not be enough to fully offset the fall in supply. But the big picture is that basically Europe is screwed. I don't know how else to put it, Brett. The federal government is facing competing demands here to both reduce energy prices and achieve significant carbon emissions reductions. At least in the short term, it looks like we have opted to increase oil and gas production in a bid to drive down prices. For our second story, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment chairman Larry Tannenbaum has submitted an offer to buy the Premier League soccer or football, if that's your persuasion, club Chelsea, joining several other bidders in the chase. Jay, I know none of us are Chelsea fans. We talked about this a few weeks ago, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) what's the latest on their ownership woes? Well, so for some context, MLSE, owned by mainly Rogers and BCE, is Canada's largest sports and entertainment company known as the Leafs, Raptors, Argos. They're a Canadian football team, Brett. And... TFC. Now, Larry Tenenbaum is the largest individual owner and also holds the chairman role. The other football. I can't tell you if that's the real football or not, though. I I don't have an opinion on that. 
Now, we talked about on the Peak Daily a few weeks ago how Russian oligarch Robin Abramovich was forced into selling Chelsea, one of the most successful football clubs in the world, following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And with sports business booming right now, competition to buy it is fierce. And it's all because sports franchises are increasingly becoming attractive and stable investments. Yeah, and for one reason, it's because of returns. Pitchbook found that some staggering return numbers for investments in sports franchises, with the NBA leading the pack in North America, generating an eye-popping 1,057% return on investment in 2021. That's a pretty good investment to me. It sounds like a great investment. Another reason is the resilience. Sports franchises were hit particularly hard during the pandemic, obviously, yet they still proved to be moneymakers. And if they can weather that storm, investors figure they can really weather anything. And lastly, it's audience. Consumers are bombarded with cheap streaming options that they can watch anytime. And sports are actually still the one thing that demands viewers' attention as they happen. These factors have private equity firms, we'll call them PE firms for right now, increasingly moving into the sports market with $51 billion spent on sports transactions by private equity globally last year. And this phenomenon is not new in Europe, but it is certainly new in North America. Currently, the NBA doesn't allow private equity firms to own more than 30% of a team, and the NFL doesn't allow it at all. But the individual ownership model is facing pressure as rising team values are depleting the number of investors who are actually able to afford minority stakes, which is opening the door for these private equity funds. And perhaps the most active investor in North American sports teams has been Actro Sports Partners, investing $3 billion last year in two NBA teams and picking up minority stakes in six MLB franchises this year. And Brett, here's why it really matters to sports fans. There's a lot to complain about in terms of the old ownership model where one cranky old billionaire's ledger decided the fate of your team. But the rapid introduction of private equity raises new concerns given their history with corporate rating and cutting costs to squeeze profits out of businesses. And for our final story, higher interest rates could trigger a, quote, severe correction and, quote, topple Canada's housing market. This, according to a new report from economic researchers. Brett, that really doesn't sound good. And as I was reading, I got not in my stomach because much of our economy is actually wrapped up in housing. What is the scoop? Yeah, also as a homeowner yourself, I'm sure you're worried too. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm excited. Uh, Capital Economics, <laughs> a London-based economic research consultancy forecast that if the Bank of Canada raises rates to 2.5%, housing prices would decline across the country. Now, David Madani, a senior Canadian economist with Capital Economics, told BNN that he expects prices to fall between 20% and 40% in the next five years, and that in the pricey Toronto market, the sales-to-listing ratio already points to a decline in prices by year-end. And he's not alone. The report adds to a growing chorus of analysts predicting a pullback, or at least a freezing, of Canadian housing markets. Oxford Economics forecast a 24% fall in prices by mid-2024, with prices dropping 40% in a, quote, worst-case scenario. RBC found that Canadians are back to pre-pandemic home buying intentions, with 23% saying they're likely to buy a home in the next two years, down from 30% in 2021. That could signal a coming drop in demand for housing. But just like everything else in economics, not everyone agrees. Uh, some economists believe there's little chance of interest rates ever reaching 2.5% at least anytime soon, and that markets are pricing in too many rate hikes. If This is according to David Rosenberg, an economist. If the Bank of Canada is going to crush inflation, considering where the sources are, they would have to just kill the economy. The interest rates aren't really going to do much. And the outcome of a smaller than expected interest rate increases could mean that mortgages remain cheaper for longer and upend the bearish predictions about the housing market collapse. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. 
And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I just had a vision of like Chelsea playing Liverpool at BMO. That sounds pretty good and would be a really difficult ticket. And a Toronto versus Boston rivalry if Larry Tannenbaum is successful. (laughs) And they'll play it the same day. It'll be like really something. Brett, have a good day. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too.